0: Testing audio. Testing.
1: And now I'm unmuted. Hi. Excellent.
0: Hi. <laughs> All right. Sorry for the delay. I have tethered in my phone to my computer as a stable internet connection. So fingers crossed that nothing happens. And uh, are you ready to go? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so I say the words theme song to- And welcome to Hello We Don't Talk, Let's Talk, the show where I, Christopher Hoa, reconnect with old friends, and today we have the, uh, I'm just going to say talented, Jacob the Group Majetti. Jacob, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing very well. And yourself?
0: Oh, I am. I'm less panicked than I was about 10 minutes ago, luckily. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the show. I think the last time I saw you was either, uh, I want to say you just like a chance encounter at Arts Lecture Hall or a, like, magic either sealed or booster draft at St. Jerome's.
1: Oh, I don't think it would have been a booster draft at St. Jerome's. Um, so, but yeah, probably sometime early in our, um, I, I don't know, so sometime yeah. during the undergrad yes. at UW. How is the mic level? I'm noticing clipping things. Let me see if I can adjust this. Uh,
0: mic okay. levels sound good to me. Okay. They all get normalized out in the wash anyway, so it should be... Uh, shouldn't be any issues, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's probably been a solid like eight years since we, since we've spoken. <laughs> um, yeah, basically fill me in on how your life has been these, these last nearly a decade, nearly a decade.
1: Oh boy. Oh boy. So I guess, uh, yeah, about eight years ago, I would have been a couple years into undergrad. Um, and i uh, would maybe have switched at uh around that point uh, I had been in a geography program, a geography major, and I switched into music mm-hmm. at University of Waterloo um and ended up uh taking a very long time to finish the degree just because <laughs> I could I guess um, there was a plan to do five years just because I would have more time to do ensembles and things like that, and then the five years passed, and I was like, well, what do I do now? Ah, I, there are more courses to take. I guess I could take more <laughs> courses. And then, uh, and then a couple of gap sort of years followed, where I did uh, a bit of music teaching and a handful of other things. And then um, about a couple of years ago, I uh, got accepted to do a master's at, uh, at McGill University in music theory. And so I have been doing that for the last year and a half.
0: Oh, it's a timeline on that sort of completion.
1: Yeah, so um, it's uh, we're kind of coming up right up to the end of the coursework. This is my final term. It's a two-year program, and then it depends uh, how quickly I get my thesis done as to uh, when the degree actually gets conferred. Gotcha. Um, assuming I get the thesis done. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I will. But
0: <laughs> uh, What does a thesis in music theory look like?
1: Um. So I'm trying to figure out exactly what mine will look like at this point. Um, I don't know. it's going to be um, an analysis of a piece or a few pieces or a, a, a body of music I um, and I don't know, probably 40, 50, 60 pages of writing and then but also like supporting musical examples, musical analysis stuff, something along those lines. Gotcha.
0: Now the the set of things that I remember most about you as like uh, or like things that you're interested in inc- included like music, uh, Magic the Gathering. I think there was like uh, uh pro- like high level professional StarCraft in Korea for a period. Um,
1: uh, that was a, a watching that, not doing that. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: um. So when you got in for like a geography program at UW, um. Uh, did you have any particular goals in mind in taking that acceptance and then pivoting into music um
1: h- how did that come about
0: to to sort of commit to this other path
1: right well, I guess kind of the main uh the main reason that I went into geography was I wanted to do something related to the environment and it kind of uh worked out weird uh in that so i don 't know you can apply to three universities uh like, just coming out of high school, and you, like, that's kind of the default number of applications they give you. And so I applied to uh, something at Laurier related to the environment and University of Guelph. And um, just because they were local schools and had stuff related to the environment, and I was like, okay, well, there's one more application. Um, And so I may as well apply to University of Waterloo, and then ended up getting accepted. And then I was like, hold on a second. There's a co-op program at McGill, um, at, uh, at university of Waterloo co-op program at university of Waterloo. And so that would probably be a useful thing to do. Um, and so it was like initially my last choice, but I was like, actually, this could be a thing that makes a lot of sense. And so that was why I went to university of Waterloo and like, it was going to be something related to geography, uh, something related to environment. And it ended up being uh geography. Um, And so the funny thing was, uh, when it it kind of comes around to, uh, I guess it was the second term of the second year uh, for geography co-op, that's the first time uh, there's a co-op position. I guess I kind of misunderstood the... um,
0: Like how the streams worked?
1: Well, uh, kind of the process of doing the whole application. So I remember (laughs) looking at a bunch of, like all the jobs that are posted, I'm like, okay, well this handful might be interesting. So I applied to three jobs and, uh, not like, and everybody else was applying to 30 or 40 yeah, yeah. or 50. And it's like, uh, okay, well may- maybe that didn't work out now at, at this point, like kind of the gears had been turning for a while already. People, uh, people had been saying for a couple of years, like, wait, you're not going into music when you go to university. And I was like, well, I don't know that I could make it in that. Um, and then kind of had started taking some electives, uh, in uh, like in music electives mm-hmm. while taking the first uh, year or two of geography and i was like well i no maybe i think i could make a go of this and um so like that it was the straw that broke the camel's back gotcha. i suppose that was the 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 tipping point incident but it was um yeah i had been taking courses there uh like taking music courses already and so i was kind of i wouldn't have entered behind um, when I switched into the program. And uh, so, yeah, that, w- that was kind of the inciting incident that gotcha. uh, that caused the switch. But I had been kind of thinking about it for a while. And it's just like, yeah, I think I, I could make a go of this. And, and so I did. And you did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so from what I remember, your instrumentation of choice uh, was... Uh, I remember you for, I believe, fiddle and mandolin?
1: Right. Um, and so... Uh, when I was switching to music um, they had to pick an instrument and i I thought at the time that my two instruments that I was most competent in were violin and guitar, mm-hmm. and I knew most classical technique on violin, and so violin was like my main instrument there but um yeah i i I kind of I I still describe myself very much as a jack of many trades and a master of none. That I I dabble in a bunch of uh, different instruments and so yeah, violin, mandolin, guitar are kind of the three. And then I play a bit of bass. And I've been trying to teach myself piano over the past couple of years. And uh, and even trying to teach myself penny whistle, which has been a, a new hmm. adventure um, <laughs> over yeah the past couple of years as well. Um, and yeah. Nice.
0: Uh, so, so basically, things with strings and you move your fingers is your is your is the bulk of your repertoire at the moment.
1: Yeah, things with strings is I uh, <laughs> summarizes most of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so you're situated out in Montreal then now for McGill or remote study.
1: So I I was there for um, well yeah I guess six or eight months um, and when the pandemic hit uh, I retreated back to downtown Kitchener and so, gotcha. uh, yeah, currently back at my parents' place because there's not much of a reason to be anywhere Elsewhere. else Makes at this sense. point. Um, Montreal has so many wonderful things, but, uh, yeah, very few of them you can responsibly do during a pandemic. And so, um, I'm looking forward to moving back there when I can, gotcha. but, uh, yeah, uh, sheltering in place for the time being, <laughs>
0: how is the family doing you you are one of the few people that i know who's like familial homes i've been to
1: right yeah people are doing well um my uh my sister has uh moved off she did a um she went to teachers college and is now just starting to teach in uh the school board around Co- whatever coburg uh hmm.
0: Pack of the time to be a teacher, like to just get into that.
1: It's it's a strange thing. Um, Yeah, she was saying that she was uh, sort of doing a supply teaching sort of thing, and she would cover for teachers, and it would just be like they had to do their prep time. And so they would have assigned her all the work, uh, assigned the class all the work. Mm -hmm. And so she just needs to, like, log on to Zoom and everyone just kind of sits there and does their work and <laughs> maybe once or twice over the course of a period, she'll have to answer a question or something. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a really weird, uh, time. Um, yeah, my, uh, so yeah, I, my, my sister has, has gone off and is kind of embarking on a career in teaching. Uh, my brother is just finishing a degree also, uh, music related thing. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and so he's around Kitchener Waterloo, but, uh, uh, not living at this house gotcha. and, uh, and yeah, my parents are doing fine. Um, it's, uh, it's very weird for like all of us to have to do everything online rather than, um, in yeah, person. in person. <laughs> There's <laughs> so much stuff that's changed.
0: Uh, overall, has like the sort of lockdown period been for you this last year?
1: Um, well, I've been like, I've been pretty uh, privileged, I guess, just that I have, uh, I have, uh, like a family with a, like a somewhat big home that, uh, each of us can work in our own rooms and we have a backyard. And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, all things considered, things have been doing fine. Um, this past summer was a lot of, uh, a lot of reading and a lot of cycling and not very much working ahead on the thesis, which is, I think, what I should have been doing. <laughs> and uh, and now that the weather has become colder, somehow I've uh, I I feel like I'm uh, for whatever reason over the past couple of months have been uh, feeling very productive and uh, like yeah, starting to get work done on uh, like academic stuff that mm-hmm. is beyond coursework. Like I'm going to need to write this long, long paper on something yeah. at some point. Um, and so uh, getting things done with that, and I am uh, started up a website a few months ago and have Ooh. been posting fairly actively on uh, the blog that I've set up there um, and posting videos to YouTube, which I have kind of meant to do for a while, but like they're actually starting to get good, I think. Um, so... Yeah. I, I, am not sure exactly why the, uh, like these past few months have been like, things have just
0: started to click.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Um,
0: yeah. (laughs) Um, so from what I've seen in the sort of, um, like periphery of my, like social media following, um, you've, you know, you've taken up some ensemble work, uh, doing live music, um, over the course of the last while as well, just like little bits here and there. I think there was also a time where you were like doing some busking back in a time where people were out and about. Um, uh, how did you, what, what, what was the sort of impetus to, to to start doing sort of live performance work for like small gigs?
1: Huh. Um, I don't know, it's kind of been so long that I can't remember what the real, like, I don't know what a solid reasoning for it was, I guess, just uh, that's that's what you do once you start playing music. No, well, so I can tell you a bit about my busking, because I have, I have done that for a, a long time, and, mm-hmm. and I think this started near the end of high school, um, and so, yeah, my family, we lived near the Kitchener Market, um, and, like, growing up, we had seen uh, a number of buskers that were just there. It was, uh, what was the the banjo man? Curtis Tulk was at the Kitchener Market every week for, for decades. And so, like, I don't know, we would be in elementary school and we'd go, oh, we have to go see the banjo man whenever we go to the market. And so uh, once I started getting good enough at guitar, which kind of happened uh, later in high school, um, it's... I think my parents probably prompted me and my sister to, Oh yeah, you guys should get licenses so that you could play at the Kitchener market. <laughs> and so we, um, that became a habit. Uh, and yeah, for four five, six years, basically oh, wow. every week we were at the Kitchener market on, on Saturday morning for three or four hours. And that, uh, that was a a really fun time. It, it kind of started out that, uh, my, usually it would uh, be mostly me. And then my dad would often join me and, uh, he would just take his guitar and I would have my fiddle. And, uh, and so we would just play for a couple of hours. And then, um, then there were other musicians who were like, Oh, Hey, well, we should, uh, like I have my harmonica, I just happen to have a harmonica on me. Like, can I sit in with you? And then this guy happens to be like a very good harmonica player, Ooh. and he's like, I also play percussion and stuff. And so, so he kind of gloms onto the group, and so now we're a group of three. And but we get to know all the other people at the Kitchener mm-hmm. Market, all the other musicians who are regulars. And so frequently, like we we'd spend a half hour or an hour where we'd call over the other couple of people who play fiddle music. One, just oh, well, let's play stuff together. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a great time, um, and uh, kind of near the end of my undergrad when I uh, moved out of my parents' place and it, I was further away from the market, and so that kind of started to trail off. Um, but yeah, that's that's a thing that I uh, even kind of in the last couple of months before the pandemic set in, um, I had been busking in the montreal metro which is also kind of a really cool system um yeah, yeah. that they've got there um but yeah i so um yeah so we would be playing and then if there were small gigs and stuff like it would just be people coming by being like okay like uh i know someone who's having a wedding and they need music like do you guys play wedding stuff so, okay yeah we can play <laughs> wedding stuff or um It would also be, like, I don't know, neighborhood festivals and stuff like that. It's like, okay, well, this is a a good way to kind of be involved in the community. Um, I feel like there are many musicians who do way more gigging than I do. Um, And I. this has kind of been a thing that I've been trying to crack and unlock. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's... uh, it's something that I really would like to do more of. And of course, now everything is a little bit... Uh, oh, yeah. There are a whole lot of plans or things that you're aiming for. It's like, okay, well, maybe let's uh, put this off for a year or two or something. <laughs> um, does that uh, does that kind of get at your question? That
0: absolutely actually answered my question. Um, yeah, very very cool uh, sort of genesis. Um, uh, you mentioned that you started uh, popping out videos onto YouTube. Um, how, how have you found content creation as like, a? uh, do you do it on a sort of like regular weekly basis or is it just kind of like as, as inspiration strikes?
1: Um, it's, uh, it varies. So there, there was a stretch where I was like, okay, I need to start a YouTube channel. This was about five years ago or so. And I was like, it was a summer and I'm like, I'm just going to post a, a fiddle tune to YouTube every day and so every like, day i went I, I went from nothing just to like uh like <laughs> zero to 70 right away and uh so so that that worked for about i think 40 days and then it, it just kind of stopped and then kind of every couple of months i put together another something um and then that kind of stopped and then it was uh it was when the pandemic started that i'm i was like well i need some sort of musical output stuff. And so I, then I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do one a day again. And so now, in, now instead of uh, fiddle tunes on the fiddle, it was uh mandolin tunes on solo mandolin. And so, so that lasted for about 40 days ish. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then kind of things. And so, uh, though, I, I don't know, I've been hearing from other content creators uh, and stuff that it, like, it really is important to, to put things out there regularly. And I've kind of been trying to transition into that. And so, um, so over the past uh, couple of weeks, I have been like, okay, I, 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 so I feel like the the thing that I need to do, like I play to my strengths, like as a jack of many trades and master of none, what's the thing that I should be doing, not solo mandolin videos, because I'm, I'm like an okay mandolin <laughs> player, as far as things go, but I know all these instruments and I know music theory and stuff. I should be doing multi-track videos and cool arrangements and stuff. And (laughs) so, um, and so, yeah, like over the beginning of this year, it's like, I'm going to do one a week. And, um, and so that, that is the current plan. I've kind of got my commitment mechanism. I started a mailing list and I told everybody, okay, there's going to be one a week. And, uh, like if I don't include a link to this, uh, Whatever multi-track video I made, I expect a, a parcel of angry emails saying, "Where is my multi-track <laughs> video?" Um, and I've committed to doing that until the end of April, I think I said. And so um, that that is the plan for the next while. I, I think that will be a healthier, uh, more attainable thing rather than like yeah. run, easing, run, off, run, 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 stop. easing
0: off the gas a little bit. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a follow up, and it slipped my mind. <laughs> um so so the other thing that i typically associate with with your interest is is magic the gathering um has that fallen out of your uh, of the things that you do as like a pastime or is it still is
1: it still there um doesn't happen nearly as often as like i uh, i well you and to. i when we were in high school like oh, yeah that was a daily lunchtime activity very much so um It certainly happened a lot less than that uh, when I, like, I don't know, continued on to some degree. But, uh, yeah, there were a couple of years where I didn't really play much. And then over the past year or two, it's been like, okay, well, if I can find a game here or there. Um, uh, When I moved to Montreal, there was a friend of mine from the University of Waterloo who was doing a co-op placement in Montreal. And it's like, okay, well, this is the thing we have in common. And so, like, let's get together every couple of weeks and just uh, play Magic. And so it's, um, it's been nice to uh, kind of uh, continue to, to play. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, you meet people that, uh, like, you don't know that you have anything else in common with. But then it's like, okay, well, actually, we both know how this... It's like, I don't know, chess or go or something. Yeah. that You can meet someone completely, like, that you've never met before. And they've... Uh, Oh well, you play magic. Well, we can. Okay, we both know how to do this thing together, um, and so it's been cool to keep that uh, keep that going. Um, I'm I'm curious. I, I am I allowed to ask questions oh, to, to you? Absolutely. Okay, good. Um,
0: I, I, I did so thus far. The things I've learned about myself in, in the recording of this show is that I'll usually spend like the first thirty minutes. Uh, engaging in, in in allowing the the guests to speak about themselves and then i 'll rapidly like re- realize that okay i have, I have no further questions, and then i will i pass the baton to to allow the the script to be flipped as it were, but you can absolutely just interject and ask a question to me at any time
1: well we're coming up at at three thirty so uh after the uh it's there was a little networking just... blip at the beginning, yes. but uh, we 're we're coming up on the half hour well <laughs> It's just I'm a just weird curious. natural
0: flow that I found myself getting into. <laughs>
1: um, uh, well, on the same topic, I'm curious whether that... Uh, I, I feel like that's kind of the main way that we interacted while we were in high school. Oh, for uh, sure. Other...
0: And, and even in grade eight. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so my, my magic playing through the years has definitely seen a sharp decline as well. Um, mostly I... Like for the entirety of my university career, I guess. Uh, the only times I would really do it were at pre-releases because UW has their uh, sci-fi uh, and like magic club that hosts a bunch of events out of MC or some uh, building on campus. Um, so I would, along with Kaz, do the two-headed giant pre-release because it's just like a nice, fun, casual format. We don't need to beat ourselves up too bad. And there's a lot of weird, fun interactions that happen in the multiplayer uh scenario. Um so yeah, just like shelling out forty bucks for the two headed every uh like four to six months or whatever the release schedule was. Um and then, you know, recently uh Magic finally got got out of like the MTGO and and launched Arena, which is a much more visually appealing uh way to do that. So I did that for a solid uh like month or two and then kind of fell out of it because uh, uh just to favor uh, other video games. Um mm-hmm. and also just like taking 1v1 losses <laughs> uh kind of hard in like a, a ladder scenario where it's like man I, I, I just misplay that so terribly. But um yeah so so it's been a while since I've I've really looked at Magic. Um uh, as you may or may not recall, um I, I also play like a lot of World of Warcraft. And you know, being a bunch of nerds playing World of Warcraft, uh, obviously there's a bit of overlap when uh, or when it comes to playing Magic: The Gathering. So I, I'll like hear bits and pieces about like current, you know, standard or modern formats uh, for people who do still actively play, and just uh, check in every now and again to see, you know, like what's something cool or absolutely busted. What are people complaining about? Um, and yeah, that so so it's it just kind of been off to the side for the most part, uh, in my experience.
1: It's it's interesting because went from playing Magic uh, in high school was there was a stretch where it's like any disposable income I have, allowance or busking <laughs> profits or whatever. It's like, well, what do I spend? Okay, I'll I'll buy more Magic cards or whatever. And when I got to university, it's like, okay, well, I need to work. And so I would try very hard to um, find ways to play that didn't involve spending money, like the Mm -hmm. shelling out $40 every pre-release sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that I I would take, like, the pre-constructed decks um, and just, like, I don't know. Like, I I really enjoyed deck building um, Mm -hmm. throughout high school, but also, like, kind of continued to to do that. And so uh, there would be a lot of, like, well, it wouldn't be constructed, like casual constructed, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then also, I don't know if you ever came across the format, the stack?
0: Yes, I believe we 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 played that together a couple of times.
1: Okay, right. So everybody draws from the same deck of mm-hmm. cards, except anybody can draw any basic land at any time, like replace a draw. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of dug through my collections, like let's take out the very best commons and uncommons and... Make a big so we have like five hundred single yeah, just like cards. this popper stack, and um, that, uh, that had been like a really big favorite, um, like <laughs> kind of among the the little bit of a magic playing scene that I found at uh, at Conrad Grable College, which is where that, the music uh... program at UW runs, um, and so, um, so yeah, it's interesting uh, that I. I very much made an effort to like, let's, uh, I I have invested in all of these cards, let's kind of wring as much fun out of them as we can. (laughs) Um, Actually, the the interesting thing is, do you still have all your cards? Oh yeah,
0: they're in uh, several boxes in a closet in my bedroom.
1: Um, I dug through, I guess uh, this is one of the things that you have time to do during a pandemic, (laughs) dug through my collection and kind of, Looked up all of the rare cards um, and was like, "Is there anything that is over like I don't know, two or three dollars?" Because like I don't know, you hear when you're buying Magic cards when you're in high school, it's like, "Well, these are an investment in the in the future." And you, oh yeah,
0: like this this dual land is worth like twenty dollars. It's great.
1: Yeah, and uh, and so and then I I look on a list of like commons and uncommons that are worth more than a dollar or something like that. Pull out all the cards that. like like match those criteria Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and are in like some decent condition
1: yeah well and basically all of my cards were in decent condition because I had sleeves and stuff so it it worked out to like 1 or 2% of the cards in my collection and like sold them for like $1,300 or something like that yeah and so (laughs) I I think it's less than I spent on the cards originally but on the other hand I still have like 95% of my collection Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, I, 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 think my parents, when I was spending all this money in high school, they were probably thinking, Oh my goodness, he's throwing his money in a <laughs> hole. And, uh, it, not exactly. So, <laughs> so I was, I was pretty happy about it, like pleasantly surprised that that actually, uh, <laughs> worked out like that.
0: Just like converted to a bunch of loonies, put it in a bucket, put it on the kitchen table, like investment. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's cool. Uh, I think that's like the first time I've heard any of us, like the, the people who played Magic at like Cortland or Cameratines, actually like liquidating their inventory <laughs> in any way. Um, yeah, I have not looked at like the value of anything that I've had in quite some time. Very it's, curious. I'm very curious about what the what the current state is.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, I, I, uh, it would be worth taking a look at. Like, I don't know, it, it, it takes a long time to sort through them. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, that's uh, you. You should look into that. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, coming into this,
0: uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss?
1: Um. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so uh, well, I would just kind of be curious to know what you have been up to. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, it's been eight years or something like that, and so you were halfway through an undergrad at UW in something?
0: Yeah, so what I got into uh, math at UW as like a sort of alternate uh, acceptance offer because I didn't get into the things that I actually applied to, which I think were like accounting or like business courses. Because, hmm. you know, the, the the mindset coming out of high school for me was just like, okay, i going to go get a degree in some kind of like big industry going to make a lot of money with a salaried position hmm. and everything's going to be everything's going to be just peachy Then they didn't accept me for anything, so just like okay well we're just going to get a degree we're, we're going to move the goalposts a little bit based on uh what is available to me uh, so then i get in for uh, honors mathematics crush the first year um and then second year comes around and like you know there, there's there's a difficulty increase like the the things that we need to Learn are a bit more abstract or whatever, and I just found myself having like a a pretty difficult time in sort of retaining um, uh, the the lesson plan um, so I like kind of stumbled through second year, hit third year, and it's very it's much more of a wall um mm-hmm. so i i I took a break at academic leave uh picked up uh some jobs here and there. Um, worked the night shift at Azares which I probably won't be doing again anytime soon. Uh, I was just like exhausted most of the time. Um.
1: I can hardly imagine doing night. Sh- I remember sometime in high school, my parents are like, "You guys, it, like, you have Jacob, you have got to get a job." Um, and I, maybe this is the reason why I ended up busking, but I, I don't know, start ha- dropping off resumes at Tim Hortons or something like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, okay, yeah, we'd be happy to hire, but we like, everybody has to take night shifts. Sometimes I'm like, like, I just can't <laughs> imagine myself. I, I would be a zombie all oh, through yeah. the day. Yeah. Okay. Anyways.
0: And then, um, so, so yeah, that was, a, and that was a job doing. Like physical labor during the night, which just like uh, a terrible combination. like, I'm in, I'm like somewhat of a night owl. Like my mornings are just like, is when I'm most dead. But also the the yearning for sleep, but then forcing your body to be like, okay, just lift these boxes for six to eight hours. It's just, it, it was too much. Um, but, you know, during that time that I was off, I was sort of recessing and like being pestered by people. It's like, when are you get a finish your degree? Uh, for which I never really had an answer because uh, I didn't, I, like I never felt like, I needed to go back, but also the the sort of thought that – or really just falling for the sunk cost fallacy, where it's like, okay, well, I'm already, like, this close to doing it, so I may as well just finish something. Um, so I took stock of, like, you know, the credits that I had and realized, okay, you know, an, e- an econ degree is – or the econ classes that I was taking as electives were um, – Concepts I felt like I had a decent grasp on and could finish a degree. So I, I changed my program from math to um, economics as a major. Uh, but luckily I get to like have a minor in like finance or like a specialty in math and stuff like that. Uh, just to really pad out the resume when I, mm. when, when I eventually started looking for jobs. Um, and then cu- so I, I finished that undergrad program and started looking for jobs that would require an econ degree, and none of them really appealed to me. Uh, and also, just like the demands of just like, okay, well, even at these entry level jobs, we want some experience. And you know, I didn't understand much about how the how the job world worked back then, where it's just like, you know, these are requirements. I don't meet them, so I'm not going to even bother applying. But now I understand it's like, even if you don't meet the requirements, you you like lose nothing by sending them a resume anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of looked at like, uh, or starting to have to look for jobs that, you know, required no real experience in the field or whatever. Uh, came across like, okay, well, uh, this sort of room administration position at an insurance company was available. So I applied to that, they let me in. And I was doing that for a solid three and a half to four years uh, up until the pandemic hit. Mm. And the thing about insurance is that, you know, when things hit the fan and, uh, flights are being canceled left and right. There's suddenly this mountain of like twenty thousand claims that need to be dealt with. Um, so the claims department was uh, starting to sort of conscript people from other departments to to sort of ha- start handling claims just to work through the inventory. Um, and you know, after being somewhat or having the capabilities that I do in terms of like understanding like some slightly advanced computer things um, rather than just like the basic, here's Excel, here's Word, yada, yada, yada. Right. Uh, my boss knew that I was sort of starting to get sort of um, uh, like no longer challenged by the work and like right. looking for opp- other opportunities. Uh, so they offered me to the claims team to like, as a as a change of pace for me, which was uh, very thoughtful. Um, so yeah, I've been working as a claims examiner uh, since, the end of May. And it's okay. (laughs) Um, It's certainly living, I'm very much like a sort of um, uh, like work to live kind of guy. So like the just getting through a day, um, handling it as much as I can. And then, you know, once that clock hits 4pm or whatever, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. It's gonna take up some leisure time. Uh, Yeah uh spent spent most of my days playing uh playing games with friends which is very uh enjoyable Um, Uh, and then also during the pandemic i started doing this show which has been uh one heck of a journey Uh, I, i still get very nervous in like figuring out who to have on
1: right yeah so i i I I thought it was super cool when you reached out and is like hey I'm doing this thing and I kind of looked through all of the things was like oh my goodness like <laughs> like half of the people from my high school are here yeah. and um like yeah that's a really cool uh so how has how has this been like you've been running this for I, so I I I haven't really listened had time to listen through any of them but I like glanced through the like
0: the guest list, The, the catalog
1: was. in YouTube. Yep. And it looked like you did one and then there was like a year or something. Yeah. And, then, and then you did them like once a week or like, how, 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 how does it work?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had the idea back when I like maybe a year after I started listening to podcasts in the, in the sort of abstract um, it was also like overlapping a time in my life where it was just like, okay. I, I, like I felt sort of disconnected from a lot of people just like, yeah, socially, socially isolated and like alone. Um, but I put up a, a status, just like uh, I think it was like twenty eighteen. Um, you know, it, like if I were to start a podcast where I talk to to old friends, like would anybody listen to that? And it got some, it got some uh, reactions. So just like, okay, this is like a solid idea. I have a terrible time of like actioning ideas. They just kind of like sit there for a while. Um, uh, and then actually no, I guess that would have been 2016. And then 2018, I was just like, okay, well, we're gonna try doing this. Um, so I got my friend AJ, and apparently uh, at UW in I think the EV2 building, there's like a, a sound studio which I didn't know about, and it was just so he suggested to me, it's just like, uh, yeah, we we could use the we could use a recording booth in EV2. To record this was like oh that's the thing i didn't even know. okay that sounds great um it saved me the hassle of having to buy like recording equipment that i would like need to He's use wants. for yeah yeah um so we did that it was a tiny booth it was not suitable for two people sitting <laughs> down um but you know we got through it i i the it was connected to like a, a mac uh just like a giant emac or whatever um booted up GarageBand and then forwarded the file to myself. I was just like, okay, I, I don't know anything about like audio mixing or audio engineering. So we're just gonna like use this raw file and I'm sure that's serviceable. Um, I'd actually reached out to the host of some podcasts I listened to just like, hi, I asked this as a fan, but like, uh, do you have any tips on like starting a podcast? And like, oh yeah, just like, you know, about equipment, uh, we, we use this software, yada, yada, yada. I was just like, okay, thanks. And then, so like I had that tucked in, in the back. So uh, apparently there's a program called the, uh, the level later, which automatically does equalizing, normalizing and stuff like that. So I'm just like, okay, this, this takes a lot of the guesswork away from me. So we're just gonna uh, feed the file through there. And it came out and like, I don't have an ear for audio. It's just like, uh, I could hear the words. That's good enough for me. Um and and I haven't had any feedback uh on on like what to improve so you know this is this is what we're going to go with. Uh so we did that and that process was exhausting for me so just like I I have no idea if I like want to commit to doing this. Um so I went back on the back burner for a while and then the pandemic hit lockdowns were in place I'm just like okay I kind of that that was what I like. Felt like I wanted to do it again because, you know, nobody's doing anything. People people have been restricted in their in their ability to uh, go out and do things. So just like okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll reach out because uh, when I had that initial post, there were like you know a dozen or so people that I felt like I had a decent chance of like. Asking and then being willing to uh, to do it, and you know Zoom was popping off at the start as well. So it's just like, okay, we have this we have this medium through which I can I can safely get an audio file. Uh, and yeah, the the response rate uh, about like me asking uh, uh, my guests to beyond has been like pretty high, which is good because I I have terrible issues with rejection. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, like people have been like pretty responsive and it's been a nice experience. Um, I've learned slightly like, like my, my, my base zero brain level of using audacity has been like kicked up to like one notch where I know how to like trim out the audio and use like some of the more, uh, basic tools, but
1: yeah, how to fade out. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Trim out some, trim out some silence, add silence so that I know like where to put in my theme song and stuff. Um, and yeah, that, that's what I've been doing since about mid-March on a weekly basis. Um, took some time off towards the holidays uh, just because I assumed people were busy and needed a bit of a break myself. And yeah, I, I've been trying to keep uh, similar to yourself, like uh, to a one week. Uh, one week episode timeline. Um,
1: so, uh, and like, do you have uh, any plans for how this might evolve or might might grow, or are you uh you happy to just uh, reach out to more people and see?
0: For for the time being, I'm more than happy to reach out to people that I know. Uh, I have been asked uh, a couple times, um, just like where I envision this going. Cause you know, there's going to be a time where I run out of new people to talk to because we've already talked. Um, <laughs> and like, I had the thought of just like, you know, may- maybe as like a sort of broader audience type of um, like growth opportunity to be like, let's talk to people who were like famous and have since fallen out of the spotlight to like be live a more sort of reserved day. Cause you know, they got like their paycheck or whatever. Um, Cause there's a few like musicians that I listened to back in the sort of like high school days for myself, where I was very much into like, you know, this whole pop punk scene and like those people are, you know, in their thirties and forties now where it's not really, uh, prudent to to be making pop punk music, (laughs) uh, in a way that appeals to the, the sort of people who, um, you know, are in their sort of like teenage rebellion phase, where it's like, you're, you're some old guy. What do you mean? What, like, this is not the <laughs> scene anymore. Um, so I'd love it's, to hear like how, how, like how those people have, you know, taken their, their success from those days and just, like, you know, what, what
1: they're doing. Right. Yeah.
0: And then uh, I was thinking about other sort of pathways for the show early this morning. I can't quite remember. Hmm. Right now, though, I had like a good idea, and then I didn't write it down. So now i was just lost into the to the ether of the universe.
1: Um, it's uh, it's interesting. So I think largely, I don't know. Okay, so I've uh, over the course of the pandemic, I've been reading a bunch of stuff, and um, I I had kind of been interested in like metacognition for a while, just like how to effectively think how to effectively like yeah manage one's own brain you've mm-hmm. like there's kind of so much that goes on underneath the surface and if you uh can kind of uh use it to um uh like use it to play to its own strengths then it can be uh like you can get a lot more done than just trying to and so um i so the the, the connection here is that um it's a uh, I I have been trying to f- I have I, set up like my my life in a way where it's like it's it's just important to be able when you have these ideas or whatever to just uh, easily like however you can capture them and like because the brain is not very good at like remembering things oh, yeah, that's sure. that's an excellent thing for computers or cell phones or pieces of paper to do mm-hmm. um, and like I don't know you need to know where to find the stuff later on. But, um, yeah, kind of setting up a system to just be like, okay, anything that is like, so right now I have up on my, my second monitor, like my daily note in, uh, Obsidian, which is the program that I've been using. And I've got a hmm. conversation with Chris Hua and I've just got a space. And so <laughs> for, um, as soon as you tell me what the exciting punk pop bands that I should like be aware of or whatever, like these are the things that will go I in see. and then, and then, it, like in in a few days, I'll go through and actually, okay, where does this need to go in my notes? Like, where will this information? Where will I want to find it in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, and that I, I'm sorry. That was uh, like a very uh, gentle tangent to uh, <laughs> the immediate. <laughs> it's,
0: all, it's all good.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, it's worth uh so okay so another another tangent is uh <laughs> another very much tangent i i i went uh like kicking and dragging into the digital age about uh like six or seven years ago um, cause throughout high school I never had a cell phone, and I managed mm-hmm. to like hold on to that <laughs> up until like I don't know, third or fourth year university. And so I like bought a secondhand phone from my friend and it was only this summer that I'm like, I should check like, how old is my cell phone? It says like Samsung Galaxy S, it just says S. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, what's the model? (laughs) And so it turns out that the Samsung Galaxy S, which actually is its own thing, came out in like 2010. And um, so I've finally upgraded to like, I don't know, just... Something more modern. The the cheap default iPhone that came out this summer or whatever. But it's like, this is... um, I I think it's useful to not be encumbered with, uh, like, always having Facebook and always having email. Like, I try to keep some of those things off. But but just being able to keep notes on... Like, it's... (laughs) uh, Just getting into the habit of doing that. um, Just
0: having that sort of accessibility. um, Yeah. Um, to do something that was like so so manual uh, for the <laughs> longest time,
1: yeah, and just find ways to like, c- uh, people are able to think better when they're able to like externalize things. It's um, what's the book that I read? Uh, there's an excellent book that I think is applicable to a bunch of things beyond just like the title, but it's called How to Take Smart Notes mm. by Zunk Ahrens. and he argues that. Um, like writing is necessary for kind of complex Incoming. thought. That you need to be able to put things down. The brain is very good at like smoothing over inconsistencies or whatever. It's only when you, well, to some extent, when you have to explain it to someone. Mm-hmm. But especially when you put it on paper, and it's like, okay, wait, I need to. And, and so, but the idea is that you, um, like, yeah, the 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 brain is is an excellent. Uh, tool for making connections. And uh, it's not a useful tool for remembering things. And you should just have them all out on on a phone. So you can like, I don't know, put the thing in, and you don't need to think about it, you know, you're going to be able to get it back, Mm -hmm. or you write it in your note taking or write it on a piece of paper next to your bedside or whatever. Like, um, I I think that's been really, maybe that has been part of why I have been able to uh, Feel like more productive. write blog posts and put YouTube videos up and stuff. It's just like, whenever there's an idea, it's like, okay, I should, I need to capture this and, and put it someplace and I can pick up then later on mm-hmm. rather than having to hold a single idea in my mind and work on a bunch of things at once.
0: Uh, just tangent off of your tangent. Um, Excellent. Uh, when I wound up going back into like finishing my undergrad, um, like for the first few years, I was just like taking notes on my laptop and I think one thing that I learned about myself was that, like, if I physically put pen to paper, I I retain and encode like that that information so much better. Because just like I, I think on a on like a laptop, it was just like more automatic. where it's just like, okay, we're just gonna put these things in. Um, whereas, like with pen and paper, it just like felt more deliberate, and I was like paying attention. Right. And, end of statement. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now, and so that's the thing that I am trying to balance uh, myself, where I know that you're more likely to retain what you physically write down pen on paper. But then, like, I have stacks and stacks of old notes and stuff. And um, like, yeah, to some extent, it does help it get into the brain better. But on the other hand, like, if you want to use these notes as a resource in the future. Um, like, how do you, uh, I don't know if you've got like three or four references to a single idea at, and they're in three or four different notebooks Mm -hmm. from three or four different courses. They're possible to find. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, uh, it's a challenge to, uh, figure out like, so right now I, I have, uh, I've been using this software since this summer called Obsidian where it's, it's a little bit like constructing your own personal wiki Mm -hmm. um, where, yeah, I'll, I'll take notes on any books that I read or notes on like conversations, whatever I come across during the day in like a daily note. And then you go through and it's like, let's actually put these things in their own, like um, each, each uh, kind of, you you put together a bunch of uh, little notes and each of those has, is on a single topic and kind of all the things that relate to that topic. As you learn more things, you slot them in. Gotcha. And really the goal is like, uh, you organize it based on, uh, like what, what's the, the question that you want is like, is not like, where does this information go? But like, where do I want to stumble across this information? In what situation do I want to, to come across this? Mm-hmm. And then you try to arrange it in that way. And it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's tricky because, um, I really do like doing things analog and <laughs> kind of not looking at screens and, uh, I don't know, like the way the world works these days, everything is done through screens. So
0: <laughs> it, it, it's, t- it's tough being a Luddite basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there are, uh, a, a few sort of set questions that I'd like to dip into, um, I should really write these down, um what would you say uh has been your uh what is something in these last ten years that you've done that you've that you felt particularly proud of, if anything
1: uh, um so uh, if anything is that do people answer oh no, not much, does that ever happen
0: <laughs> uh I don't think I've actually answer or ask this question in a while so i can't quite remember okay um, but, um, but like uh, it, it, if i talk to anyone that's like similar to me i just like can't think of anything that i've personally done um which is you know served me terribly in job interviews just like can you remember a situation in which this happened I'm just like no it's it's gone i'm sure it has it. happened but I, I can't i can't give you the details of it
1: and then and then when you're laying in bed the next evening oh, yeah. you're like Oh that's what I should have said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um well uh I, I appreciate that you've left that, that door open oh, yeah. even if I can't. No, okay, well I could probably find something. Um yeah, so I have uh, developed an interest in choral conducting. Um I did a whole lot of choral singing during my uh like the music degree part of my undergraduate. Mm. Um so I sang in the university choir, which is the big choir. And then I also sang in uh, the UW Chamber Choir for a number of terms as well. But I got into conducting it as well. I took a couple of courses and it was a friend of mine, uh, Evie, uh, who had sung in like both choirs with me and had taken the conducting courses. Like, we should start a choir. We we can do this. And um, and so we one summer we just ran a chamber choir. We sent a call around to anybody who was interested that like the UW chamber choir didn't run during spring term. Mm-hmm. And it turns out we got like, I think the first year it was like 18 people or something like that. Oh, yeah. And so we both got to practice rehearsing and conducting and, um, Evie went off and like, I uh, had co-op the next year and then graduated and moved mm-hmm. off. But, uh, there were enough people who were like, Hey Jacob, you're going to run this thing again. And so, um, this was a thing that I was really disappointed that I wasn't able to do this summer. Like I had just been gearing up just as the pandemic kind of came in. But, um, for four years, uh, we, uh, I I ran a chamber choir, uh, during the summer that, uh, we would, uh, the last few years we, uh, we would perform at porch parties around Kitchener Waterloo. Um, Mm -hmm. Would be like one or two of the performances, and it was kind of cool because not many choirs perform at portrait. As parties. i say,
0: um, like having a having a sort of chamber choir, Jason, at a party just seems like so jarring in my in, in, in like my my visualization of it. Cool so, performance. Well, like, have you been to? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, that was it. Just, okay. just like a cool spectacle, but like the the sound is just like disconnected from from a, a party atmosphere.
1: Well, so have you been to like a porch party? I this have is not. where they. Sorry, I have not. So, like the idea is you shut down a street, and then mm-hmm. on various porches, like people will perform, and and usually it's like singer songwriter, mm-hmm. like people with guitars and stuff, um, and. Uh, and then, like I don't know, people will play for forty-five minutes, and then you switch over, and then people have been setting up on other porches in the gaps, and then they start playing or mm-hmm. whatever. And so the weird, the weird thing about choirs is that like everybody else will um, use amplification, and it's uh, I, I really don't like trying to amplify a choir; yeah, yeah. like it just doesn't work. Um, but so yeah. Anyways, we uh, we would do this and. Um, we and Then also at the end of like the academic term, because it was mostly students, uh, we would put on our own concert, um, like just us in the chapel at Conrad Grable, and would raise money for a charity. And particularly last year, um, we like, um, the, so the first year that we ran it, I, I think our concert lasted about 20 minutes. Uh, we had like that, that was the amount of material that we could prepare <laughs> Um, so a year and a half ago, which was the last year that I ran it, we, uh, it was something like 70, 75 minutes of music. And I was like, and there was, um, we supported, oh, what exactly? I can't remember exactly what the name of the charity was. It's it's an indigenous healing lodge that was uh, kind of just getting off the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were, uh, a bunch of people who really cared about this particular. So we were like, we're going to support this, uh, because uh, uh, a few of the uh, members of the choir had mm-hmm. like suggested like this, what's the charity that we wanted, and um, like the chapel was packed. It, it was it was actually wow. a pretty rough time because it was really really hot, and then everybody was in the <laughs> chapel, and then we had like an hour and a half of music, and we had someone talk in the middle, and they went and wanted to to like to sing an honor song, and like which was amazing, incredible um, to like have that. Level. so anyway like we we raised a whole bunch of money and it's like wow how did this actually come together um so that that kind of i guess was a highlight over the past uh over the past decade or so a thing that kind of built towards and um yeah i'm hoping to kind of continue to be able to do that i i i actually had applied to uh, to McGill uh, a couple of times for choral conducting, and for whatever reason they didn't let me in. Um, I guess I need to direct more choirs before yeah, I
0: more more credentials. Apparently, even though it sounds like you 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 got some you got some history.
1: And so That's incredible. Yeah, so that was uh, hopefully when like and yeah, the real problem is that like singing is one of the worst things to do uh, for spreading coronavirus. <laughs> evidently. Yeah. Um worse we had, than coughing. Had, so
0: had had Alex Meinzinger on and, and she was lamenting the uh the inability to really get much done in terms of like um like acapella or choir or whatever uh in the region because of the uh the pandemic.
1: Yeah, because we the two of us had oh, hold on, how exactly did this work? Yeah, she was involved in the Grand Philharmonic Choir to at least some degree. Where where did I come across we start, yes, we have sung together in choirs <laughs> over the past few years, and um, I can imagine Alex being about as uh, disappointed as I am that you can't get together and sing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so to, to sort of take the opposite stance of the previous question, um, what is a, a challenge that you have uh, overcome or are currently facing?
1: If there are any? If there are any, yes. <laughs> right. Um, huh. Well, kind of the, the thing that I'm just trying to figure out at this point is, like, um, I, maybe this is not exactly the answer to exactly the question that you posed, <laughs> but um, ju- just trying to figure out how to properly do something useful in the world for hmm. other people. Like, I I really like learning. Um, and I think I have spent a whole bunch of time spending an extra year at Cameron Heights and then spending like two extra years at, at UW during the, my undergrad. And like, I, I feel like, what's the next thing to do? Well, I guess I'll do a master's or whatever. Um, and just trying to figure out how to parlay that are... into sort
0: of, a sort of like an external, uh, impact.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, like, I, I, I think that there's a whole lot of value in lifelong learning, but, mm-hmm. uh, I want to make sure that it's not just about me, about me learning things, um, that I'm able to actually put things into practice. Um, and s- like, to some extent I've been able to do that, like by playing at the Kitchener market and like people, uh, say that it adds to the environment and like it improves their experience enough to toss a couple dollars into the case. Mm -hmm. And then also things like putting together a choir. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm coming up to the end of the master's degree and I'm like, um, this has been a good experience, but I, I certainly don't plan on doing a PhD immediately. Maybe that will happen eventually, but like Mm. this is a, enough of the like really serious academic stuff for me for, for, for the time being. But it's just like, um, how, how am I going to make a career in music? Uh, it, yeah, during the pandemic, but also just like, I feel like I've just barely been scraping along, teaching a few music lessons and doing a few gigs and then busking every once in a while. And at some point I'm going to need to actually actually put something proper together or get a job or like so these are the things that i'm thinking about right now and just just like uh,
0: so, so like the difficulty in in figuring out what to do with the knowledge that you've acquired
1: yeah and 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 to make it kind of to contribute to society in general um to yeah if that makes sense yeah
0: it it's it's definitely a, a common struggle in terms of like finding one's place in in the world uh, I hope you find it <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you I like i this is this is not to say that I am not optimistic like mm-hmm. I think that I, I I think that there are going to be things that I got I don't know I just need to remain open oh, yeah. to the opportunities as and hopefully as the world kind of opens up over the next months or years as vaccines and we just kind of get in order. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, it it. I guess it's just kind of an uncertainty thing that mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it feels, it feels like I'm just spending the past year, like sitting on my hands being like, okay, waiting for things mm-hmm. to start up again. Yeah. Um,
0: it, it, it's definitely like um, one of those, Things where you know, as you as you get like more experiences and get to like do more activities, that the opportunities sort of present themselves, um, and, and like a path becomes clear. But you know, get, given the state of the world, it's it's definitely uh, an, an an impediment.
1: Yeah. Um, there. Uh, well, I kind of this is a a weird a weird minor tangent. I do have <laughs> a story about. Um, kind of being open to possibilities and not really going looking for them and then just them happening. Um, Speak on that. yeah. Um, so th- there were a couple of years that I, uh, kind of at the end of the undergrad, um, I worked as a research assistant for someone, um, yeah, for, for a professor at university of Waterloo. And the way that it came about was, um, so this is a, a it was a professor who taught the early music course at University of Waterloo and I like medieval and renaissance music and so I I took the course as part of my requirements and I was like oh this stuff is just wonderful. Um the next time the course got taught I was like I don't have like too much in my schedule like can I just sit in on the class again and like <laughs> hear the material again, listen to the music again. Like, I think this would be, I, I just enjoy the material so much. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, well, sure. Yeah. Like, you're welcome to sit, sit in on the class if you want. Um, and then, I well, okay. But okay. So there, there actually is one thing, like the last half hour of the class, it overlaps with like my language requirements and mm-hmm. I'm taking Latin. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've got to leave halfway through and she's okay. Well, that's not a problem. Just kind of sneak out quietly. Yeah.
0: You're not even supposed to be here. Just just go. <laughs>
1: the end of the term, she's like, okay, so um, I'm looking for research assistants. I, we're going through and categorizing um, and transcribing these Gregorian chant manuscripts. And I'm looking for someone who is interested in early music and knows a bit of Latin. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so yeah, that uh, I guess candidate. evidently I was a natural person to ask, um, and so I ended up ended up doing that for two or three years, probably longer than I should have. I should have <laughs> like gone from that and then kind of pivoted onto the next thing kind sure. of in hindsight. But that uh, was a it was an interesting project uh, in that I needed to yeah there are all these scans of old manuscripts from, like, um, I don't know, most of these stuff, I don't know, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th centuries, like, kind Mm -hmm. of that span. Um, And kind of the eventual goal is, like, we want to be able to just, kind of like optical character recognition, but for handwritten manuscripts. And so, to some extent, it's useful to just have these things copied down. We need to, like, transcribe the nooms, which, like, the old notation, which was on mm-hmm. four lines rather than five lines and, um, like turn it into notation from nowadays and then line mm-hmm. up all the words underneath it. And then, and the hope is like, hopefully after we have a whole bunch of this data, eventually machine learning will advance to a point where we're able to
0: just use it all this data and...
1: and then just train. And then you can just put the scans into the, uh, uh, into the neural network, whatever, yep. and, and sort it out. But, um, but it was interesting because it was, like, I did feel to some extent challenged by it. Like, I don't know, there were, like, you have to do judgment calls and, like, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of spe- um, specialist sort of work. But then it was kind of also a thing that you could do automatically. Um, you didn't need to, like, hear the notes as you were entering them. You could just uh copy and so mm-hmm. I would listen to podcasts and I would listen to radio shows and I would listen to all sorts of music that I had been trying like wanting to listen to. And so uh that was uh that was actually a job that I, I quite enjoyed. So any okay anyway, long and short of it, <laughs> it's like, um yeah, uh, if you do what you love, uh sometimes doors will open. Um I don't know that it's guaranteed, but sometimes it happens. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and talking to James Shin, that was something that he strongly advocated for. Um, oh,
1: how? Okay. Well, <laughs> every time you mention someone, I'm going to be like, "Oh, how are they that,
0: doing?" That, um, th- that, that's the reaction that I hope to elicit from people as I re- as I release this podcast. Just like that guy, that girl, that bond, that non-binary person.
1: What? what um, whatever and you then, and that's how you you hook people and you get listeners, oh, yeah. right?
0: Uh, my, my audience is going to remain as small as possible uh until i run out of people and then and then and then i'll either stop the show altogether or or do one of those branching uh growth opportunities that i mentioned earlier i
1: i think it's i uh, like i don't know not to unsolicited advice <laughs> hey hey i I'm,
0: I'm open to everything
1: so um look into the branches sooner rather than later um i, I i'm just thinking of like my own situation where I have been putting together these solo mandolin YouTube videos. And I enjoy doing just like simple, like unaccompanied mandolin. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I I need to be moving in a new direction and I can continue to do it, which like, I don't know, every couple of weeks, I'll still record and release a new solo mandolin thing. But like, I, I I guess it depends what your goals are. Like you've just said that you aren't necessarily trying to grow your, your audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not one of your main goals, but, um, I don't know, like if you're, uh, I I feel like with the skills that you have, like you could, you could use this as like, there are, this has opened up possibilities for growth Mm -hmm. in all these directions. And it doesn't mean that like, you don't need to completely exhaust the, the one, um, the in him the, in the in the ground <laughs> as you're mining. You don't need to like get down to the very very end of it before you go off into a different thing.
0: Fair enough. Um, uh, I now remember the the one thought I had earlier today was just like, could I feasibly just like talk to strangers in like a sort of NPR mini biography of just like this this average show? Because podcast has been dominated by famous people for too long. We just need uh, really any. I remember. Um, the, the thing that led me to like even think about starting podcasts is just so, like the joke at the time was that like you know it, it's it's such a simple format that like literally anybody could do it and this is just like this is just a prime example of that so it's just, like okay yeah we could just like have anybody on um and also the other thing was that like over the course of the over the course of the pandemic um i thought about like doing sort of regular twitch broadcasts cuz this sort of genre of just like just chatting broadcasters of people who interact with uh, the members of their community uh, was like very appealing to me as someone who you know for the most part the the thing I enjoy most about like just like living and being a person is just like meeting new people um as as much as I like don't throw myself out there in a lot of social situations, the the, the times that I do and and meet new people has been uh, a a tremendous gift. Um, But yeah, just like boot up a Twitch stream, slowly aggregate community and then just just like, just talk to people, talk to literally any human being that feels like they want to engage in conversation.
1: So um, here's an idea for how you might implement I don't know. You run your your daily series, not daily, like weekly series of like we used to talk, but now we don't talk. What is it called again? Hello, Uh, we don't talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Yes. Okay. Um, It's a mouthful. But but well, you you you're you're very fluent at it now. Like just with your you're saying (laughs) it at the beginning. It's like yo. What are all those words? It it seems like it's very natural. Okay. So, and, and one of your stock questions is who is someone, so you're talking to someone that you already know, right? And you ask them like, who's someone that I should talk to that I probably don't know, but I would have like an interesting, uh, you think I would have an interesting discussion with. And that way you're not like cold calling people in that sense. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you already know that at least the two of you have something in common and that Uh, something is that person yep um yeah that would be that that... oh
0: uh I, i don't remember the exact idea that i had this morning was that um uh like in the vein of talking to loosely strangers was uh like that sort of idea where um it wasn't even me talking to the guests it was sort of fostering that um like 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 taking a sort of producer role in a podcast and just like okay we're going to just make this daisy chain of people like who who would you like to have on okay you like the next episode or the follow up episode of that show would be that person having a conversation with the person that they that 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 they've mentioned in that response and then just sort of going on ad infinitum until
1: yeah we, that yeah. that would be a thing to experiment with um I guess the the reason why that might not work is uh, you have at this point uh, got a lot of experience, yes. Like talking to people, and like you have your your stock questions that you can fall back on in case the conversation kind of runs out. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have experience with this, and I I don't think many people like I yeah. don't know if very
0: very uh, true to just like thrust someone into this. Uh, yeah,
1: because if you. If you uh, sent a Facebook message to me, it's like, "Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And do you want to host the next episode?" <laughs> <Yes>. Right? <laughs> it, it,
0: that I, I'd see how that would be a bit overwhelming. <laughs>
1: um, though, though, this uh, kind of the where this uh, this idea on your idea came from, uh, I know a couple of friends of mine uh, have said that just every every couple of weeks they'll spend an evening like. The two of them will get on Facebook chat or whatever, mm-hmm. a Facebook video, and uh, and one of them will be like, "I'm going to invite another person that I like is just from my contacts list and ask them whether they want to join." And and so oh, wow. at that point, you end up like with the chains of people that mm-hmm. like this vast uh, network
0: that is that was once disparate is now interconnected.
1: Yeah, and so you get to meet people who. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have come across otherwise. But everybody has a connection there. It's mm-hmm. like, just who would be Very an good. interesting person to add to this conversation? Like, let's look through whoever's online right now. <laughs> um, I, I have asked my friends. Uh, I, I don't think they've run it since like they told me about this. But I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, next time you're doing this, I'm really, <laughs> I, I'm really hair. interested in it. I don't know that I would start it myself, but uh, <laughs> maybe after I've done it a couple of times.
0: Um. So, so it was. So, so you mentioned it already. But uh, a question that I do like to ask every one of my guests is: You know, if you were to host your own version of the show, where you talk to someone from your life that you haven't spoken to in a while and would like to catch up with, uh, who would you like to have
1: on? Um, so, if I were leading a thing like this, yep,
0: I don't need to know who they are in the slightest.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I, I would need to look through a list of people. It's, it's one of those uh, things. <laughs> one like... of those.
0: It's one of those brain can't remember things.
1: Well, um, it's very similar to an example that you probably won't be familiar with, but I'll tell you anyways. um, (laughs) So like with me playing lots of, it's particularly Irish mandolin tunes and and, uh, fiddle tunes, whatever. I have spent a whole bunch of time going to sessions. Uh, This was one of the reasons that I was very excited to move to Montreal because Mm -hmm. around Kitchener-Waterloo, there is one Irish session that happens once a week. Um, and, and so the the idea is that like just people who know Irish tunes, like I don't know colloquially fiddle tunes, but you don't always play them on the fiddle. <laughs> and people just sit around and they will like play. Like someone will start a tune, and anybody else who knows it will just play along. Gotcha. Um, and Montreal is amazing because they have like four or five Irish sessions a week, and then like four or five Quebecois sessions a week and a whole bunch the connection is the connection um, where like people will know hundreds and hundreds of tunes I have a list of like I think it's over 300 now though probably they're starting to fade because I haven't played at a session Mm -hmm. um, but it's like I don't know so everybody finishes playing a set and then everybody's sitting around and it's like hey Jacob why don't you start a tune start a set and like (laughs) And you're the, like
0: the sort of choice paralysis,
1: yeah, like <laughs> I know that I've got a whole list of like 300 tunes, and I can't think of any if I particular can't remember one. one of them right now <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
0: I don't know if you've seen this like little clip um, from uh, Billy on the street, but uh, Billy Eichner is uh you know he, he, he he's on the street just like asking various passersby questions. And he, he, he has the microphone, and he asks someone, name a woman, and puts the mic in a woman's face, and she just, like, can't think of the name of any woman. And it is, like, you feel bad, but it's also kind of hilarious.
1: Um,
0: but it's sort of similar uh, uh, yeah. s- Similar to that.
1: It's a lock show that, or segment, I don't ever watch the show but that it's like, let's, let's just ask people, uh, to name countries on this map and the map is like divided in the Pacific rather than in the Atlantic oh, and gotcha. everyone is like, oh, is that Australia? <laughs> That's South America <laughs> like, <laughs> um, Well, okay now, uh, and I, I can't remember the, the name, and so it's uh, very <laughs> fitting <laughs> That is perfectly fine Um I guess we'll we'll be able to see who watches on the the YouTube version of this, yes. up until this point because they'll be like, obviously, duh, don't you know this? so <laughs> Just I, we, pick me, pick me we look forward to reading your response in the comments <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: this is double
1: jeopardy this round
0: yes indeed, uh yeah, winding down, is there anything else you'd like to to get at while we're here
1: um I don't know, we should uh. If you ever do like repeat podcasts, it would be fun to, in a couple of months, hear what you're up to again, or uh, <laughs> Get, maybe even if it doesn't need to be on the podcast, like whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, well we can absolutely check in. Um, given the state of the world, even though vaccines are rolling, I can't, I don't anticipate much changing, but we, hey, the the future is wide open.
1: It's um, a, well, yeah, I just kind of, as this has come up a couple of there have been a a lot of really bad things about the pandemic, but one really nice thing of, I don't know, at least people in a a position like myself or you is that Mm it, it is suddenly normal for people to reach out and talk to someone who is like, you don't normally talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's been one of the things that I have been like really, um, what have I done? I've, I've taken to um, like, I don't know, you see all the the uh, birthday notifications yep. uh and Facebook and, and like for years I would just ignore them because it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, or, this or, or, is just or it. Or maybe
0: just type like a simple happy birthday.
1: Well, but, it it's but, just like this is this is a thing that everyone expects you to do, and I don't feel that I need to be beholden mm-hmm. to it. And what I what I've done instead is like kind of anybody who I am somewhat connected to, it's like I, I'm going to send it as a message, just wish them a happy birthday by name. And then, um, yeah, like it. it's just, you realize see, that see if they want to have a chat, a list of, a list of everybody that, you know, and it kind of goes through not all at once yeah, and periodically um,
0: nice and easy. You don't have to send out, you know, 20 messages at the same time. You just take them, you know, one to five at a
1: time. Yeah. And it's, um, and it already like, you have a good way to start the conversation. It's like, uh, instead of like just kind cold. of cold calling someone, yeah. Hey, do you want to be on my podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there, there,
0: there, there's a, there, there's a clear, um, event that happened that would prompt you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, th- that is a good, uh, way to sort of take that, um, I guess, notification and, and sort of uh, do something creative with it.
1: Yeah, it's a it, uh, little off the beaten path. Yeah. It's, it's like kind of, if you see that on daily pop-up, it's your thing too. This is an invitation. This is an opportunity. This is a little door to, to open up and, and reconnect with someone who you may not have talked to in however many years.
0: Yeah. That is a, that's a beautiful uh, strategy um so yeah i i think we can leave it on that um jacob i'd like to give my guest a moment at the end to sort of plug or promote anything that either they're doing or they believe deserves more people's attention um is there anything you would like to plug or promote at this time you got that you got that analysis paralysis look in your face again
1: uh i don't know where do i start (laughs) um i don't know i guess uh YouTube tra- Okay, probably the the simplest thing is I I well like I post things to YouTube and so people can subscribe to that. I also am doing blog posts, which is mostly like kind of doing analyses and transcriptions of pieces, and hopefully some of that will eventually turn into a thesis. Fingers crossed. Um, so I don't know. People could check that, but if you're kind of interested in. Uh, any of the things that I make or come across or read or create or whatever, I have a weekly mailing list, and it's just kind of a list of whatever I have done. So maybe I'll send you a link to that, and you could put it in the description. But absolutely, um, yeah. Uh,
0: you 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 don't have to think of any more. If, 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 if
1: that's if that's fine, that that is more than enough. Uh, <laughs> well, thank yeah. you. This is. Uh, this has been really cool to, to get to catch up again. And uh, I, I just think this is a really cool project that you've thank got you. going. So,
0: Thank you so much for spending this little bit of your afternoon with me. Um, listeners, whoever you are, wherever you are, whenever you are, uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.